Uh, um, so how much is that? Welcome to the podcast editor's mastermind, where we help you with the business side of podcast editing. And today we are tackling a subject that um, is ever present, at least for me, uh, imposter syndrome, that feeling that you're just not quite good enough. Many editors start out as editing our own shows and we never get the, we never feel like we have the skills to get the job done when others are like actual audio engineers or whatever. So we're going to tackle how we deal with the imposter syndrome. And of course, we're never alone when we do this. So I'm Daniel Abendroth of Roth Media. I'm Carrie Caulfield, Eric from Yaya Podcasting. And I'm Brian Insminger from TopTierAudio.com. And we have our lovely guest today. Hi, I'm Heather Wester from Ironed Out Media. So let's get into it. So imposter syndrome is that feeling that even when you have the skills necessary, you're doing the job, you never quite feel like you deserve whatever accomplishment you're doing or the position you're in. For example, like I do this full time, but I don't have the professional, the formal training of any kind of audio work. I'm all self-taught. It's like I feel that the success I found like just doesn't feel quite deserved. So do you want to talk about like how imposter syndrome has affected us or how do you want to start this? Yeah. So imposter syndrome definitely affects me. I think probably the most recent and the most pervasive that sits in my mind was when I launched the Hindenburg journalist course about, I don't know, six to eight weeks ago, every, so I launched it and I had a goal. I wanted to have a certain number of sales within the first few days. And I actually hit that, which totally blew my mind. But the thing that really kind of continues to plague me is every time I sell one, the next day I'm thinking, so am I going to get a refund request? Because Mm -hmm. even though I keep getting feedback that the course does exactly what I said it was going to do and it's giving people exactly what they're looking for. I think, but maybe not this one. Like, did I accidentally oversell my capability or anything like that? So mm. that's 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 definitely one that was a challenge. And as you guys know, having been in the mastermind for several years now, that was something that was on my to-do list for, I think, since the beginning of time. And it was pretty much Carrie making fun of me for like two years <laughs> that finally got me to do it. So it's like- Nicely. The, I made yeah, you nicely. <laughs> you did. And, and, and thank you for that. But I mean, it was that that pushed me to do it because I had that whole imposter syndrome thing going on. And then when I launched it, every time the sale comes through, I'm still going, okay, is this one going to be a refund request? I can relate to that having, well, now selling my RX-7 course, I feel the same way. I have, when I announced that you could register for the course, I spent the entire day with my stomach hurting and feeling like I was going to vomit. So I completely understand that. But I also, in terms of podcast editing, every time I get a new client, I go through this period where... That first episode, I'm like, oh, this, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. There's this whole like negative thought process, negative things I'm telling myself the whole Mm -hmm. time. And then delivering the final result to the client is like just so much stress and so much anxiety until they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then I'm like, you know, (laughs) I can't believe they like that. (laughs) I need that validation. Right. Yes. Like if the yeah, but said, even I don't listen to it. I'm like, no, they're stupid. 
I mean, that's how bad like it gets sometimes. It's always a nice feeling whenever on the show, the client will kind of praise their editor or like they name me person. Like it's always really nice. Like get that foundation mm-hmm. or like whenever I think I'm messing up or like I'm not doing well, like if I'm not, if it's like, so, so sometimes they'll want like a rush delivery or need changes like really quick. And if I feel like I took too long, then I'm like, oh, I should have, you know, I should have done better. I should have done better. Then they come back with, thank you so much for helping me with this. You're, you're the best. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do that. Like, I don't. So I like was apologizing to a client once because I thought I was so incredibly late. Turns out it was a week early. But I just oh, assumed. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed I had done something wrong. <laughs> So the the struggle with imposter syndrome is absolutely real for me, at least. And it doesn't matter. Even though I've been doing this a long time, I've been editing podcasts since 2014. Yeah, I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes. Just mm-hmm. I understand that. I started in radio, I think, 2000, 2006. And a lot of my experience comes from editing things in radio, a controlled environment, you know, I I feel like I'm pretty good at that. But when it comes to editing podcasts, I feel like there's so much more involved in, yeah, 15 years experience in radio, but a year and a half in podcasts, I just don't feel like, like it's enough, you know? So you mentioned that you feel like podcasts are more involved. I don't come from radio, so I don't have a real frame of reference. Can you share with us maybe what that means in terms of how they're more involved? Well, in radio, you're basically just cleaning up stumbles, false starts, your typical crutch word, deep breaths. Then you'll just do some dynamic processing, some compression. In radio, they are in more of a controlled environment. There's just, you have your studio and there's foam all over the walls. And then you have like top of the line microphones. But with a podcaster, you know, they're going to be in a different room, a bedrooms, closets, bathrooms, kitchens. And so they're going to be on different microphones also from your typical condenser mic to the microphone on earbuds. It's just a broad range. And so there's going to be a lot more involved in the editing process as far as using plugins and, you know, different tricks and whatnot. I hope that answers your question. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's okay. a lot more problem solving and a lot more variables that go into podcasting. Right. Yes. Variable. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Variety. Or right. dumpster fires. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or like when a client records their, I probably shouldn't call anybody out. No, you shouldn't. No, no. But when they're like six feet away from their microphone, there's only so much you can do yeah. to make them sound good. <laughs> Or right on top of it. Right. And unfortunately, it's not, you know, and it's our job to help them know, of course, and and we do the best we Mm -hmm. can for them. But (laughs) you don't get that in a controlled environment, very obviously. Mm -hmm. So, Right. That's our category. I mean, tonight (laughs) might be a great example of that, right? So for, for those of you that have guests on, sometimes it's your job to help them troubleshoot their audio. When we got on tonight, there was something not right with my audio. So... While we were backstage, the three other people sitting on here on the screen are helping me troubleshoot that stuff. Like, that's some of the variables. I've, I've actually got a nice mic, and I actually I think I know what I'm doing, but apparently tonight <laughs> I didn't have it right. Absolutely. Exactly. Stuff happens. And especially now that everybody's streaming from home, I feel like there's a lot more technical problems 
simply because everybody's using Zoom or everybody's using StreamYard right. or everybody, you know, everybody's yes. doing Facebook Live. So, of course, it gets a little bit more glitchier. So that's all I have to say mm-hmm. about that. All right. Before we dive too much into imposter syndrome, one thing we do on this show is we give editors, other podcast editors, the opportunity to edit this show for portfolio so they get feedback for whatever reason. And Heather was gracious enough to offer her services for last week's episode with Brittany Felix. Be sure to go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com if you want to listen to that episode. As always with Brittany, it's packed full of amazing information. But Heather, you edited that episode. So let's talk a little bit about what your process was when you edited us. And don't be gentle. (laughs) Okay, well, receiving the tracks. I love how everyone recorded their own their individual tracks so the first thing I did is I wanted to line up with the start of the show uh, the countdown so that I you know everyone was talking at the same time and then I just listened through as I edited I just wanted to cut out some of those stumble words and just sort of when someone is speaking over the other if you're laughing or you tell a joke or there's some background stuff just listen in for what lines up where and I was using Hindenburg for that one. That's my favorite for uh, editing things like that because I can lock it in time. I don't know too much about Adobe in that manner. And then breaths, stumbles, when someone bumps into the microphone or bumps the desk, I try to get that out. And just general cleanup. The thing I did, one of the plugins I did use for Hindenburg was some of the noise suppression. Okay. There was kind of a hum. But I think that would that's mostly it. Oh, who had the hum? <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> um, Do you remember? It's okay if you don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> You're all going to think it's would, us. No, I would have to look back <laughs> yeah. at the name. I'm sorry. No, that's a, quite all right. Quite all right. Okay. So one thing we don't expect, so we don't really give a whole lot of stipulation as to like what you edit out. So you just did like the bear, kind of like the alms and the oz, but you left the content intact mostly. Well, no, there were some things that didn't quite vibe well with the podcast itself versus the live video. Some things that a listener might hear would not make sense to someone who were who was actually viewing the video. You know, what are they laughing at? What's so funny? That sort of stuff. Some of the laughter, you know, like nervous pauses or short pauses, that sort of thing, stumbling over words. But most of the content is still there. Okay. And how well did our claps line up? Like once you did that, did everything sync as far as the, <laughs> that's what I thought. I see the, I see the laugh. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, I thought I had one of the tracks lined up just right. And I noticed she, she's not here tonight. Jennifer. Probably Jennifer. Yes, yeah. Jennifer. There was at one point where she was referenced, she was talking about something Brian had mentioned about Fiverr. And I was like, this was like 10 minutes later. I was like, whoa, that did not line up at all. So I had to restart the editing process. And kind of, when she said Fiverr, I had to slide the track back to when you were talking about Fiverr. And at that point, everything lined up just fine. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. (laughs) I figured it'd be Brittany whenever you, whoever would cut her out of the stream. (laughs) No, actually. Well, because she She recorded recorded her own audio, it was, I'm going to be honest with you. Whenever I was told that she was cut, I was a little nervous. How how am I going to line this up? And just thinking in my head, am I going to have to do some fade in, some fade out to kind of, you know, piece it in? Will I have to cut what they're talking about and place it somewhere else? You know, sort of Frankenstein editing, as I like to call it myself. But no, (laughs) hers, 
It, it was all pretty good. It was just that one little bit with that last just track. Just a little tiny blip. A little tiny yeah, yeah, blip. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> so This was honestly the best episode I have ever edited. Oh. I had so much fun with it. I'm going to be honest with you. It was like the best. Oh. It was the best. <laughs> I think she's just saying that. Yeah, it makes us no. feel better because we feel like, <laughs> speaking of imposter syndrome, we feel oh, like dude. we totally right. don't have our act together. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I'm going to say it has more to do with the content than with the quality of our audio, because when you're editing something, because, you know, Heather, you're a podcast editor. So editing something geared towards you specifically is a lot more enjoyable to edit, as opposed to if you're listening to somebody recap today's stock market, you don't do that kind of thing. could be... It's a lot harder to edit something that you're enjoying, in my opinion. I'm going to be honest with you, because you just get so drawn and you're like, oh, wait. Was that a bump? Was that a pop? <laughs> Let me go back. <laughs> you become a listener. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. So how do you cope with the feelings of imposter syndrome? And how do you go about skill building? Because one of the things that I, I struggle with, and I think it's common among the podcast editors that don't have the formal background, that don't come from an audio engineering, is the lack of skills. Everything I know is self-taught from YouTube or from blog posts or whatever. Tom Kelly, Chris Curran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's another topic is comparison. But oh, yeah, yeah. What have you all done as far as like skill building or like how much do you think you should invest in that? Well, for me from the beginning, my my training wasn't formal. I, I didn't go to school for this. Me getting into radio started as a dare. What? It was... <laughs> I think there's a story I think we're going to need to back up and talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we can come back to this one. <laughs> well, I am uh, I'm third oldest of nine children. Okay, money was tight. We didn't have cable. We had like three DVDs we would watch all the time, Mortal Kombat being one of them. And we would watch it to the point that the DVD didn't work anymore. So at that point, you know, DVDs aren't working. We're just listening to the radio every night all the time. And my brother... He said to me that he could not believe the guy talking on the radio was getting paid just to talk. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, agreeing with him. And he's like, Heather, I bet you won't call that man and tell him on his job. And I was like, yeah, I will. So I called him and I told him, I was like, I want your job. He's like, you mean you want a job like mine? I'm like, no, I want your job. <laughs> so he's like, hold on. He put me on hold because he had, at the time, I didn't know what he was doing, but he had to take care of um, a winner. He had to put some the information down for my winner who had just won like a CD or something. He did a break. But the cool thing was I was able to listen to all of that. So I, that, that was exciting. I honestly thought he was going to leave me on hold for the rest of the night until I gave up and hung up. But he came back to me. He's like, hey, if you're serious about this, you need to contact our program director and let him know what you want to do. I was like, all right. So I sent the program director an email and probably within the next week or so, I started interning i'm going to say intern because i was never in school i was just working for free for that experience and you know doing street hits driving the station van doing promotions i just built upon that always asking what more can i do what else can i learn and luckily my program director there he was always willing to help me out during that time and it went from being an intern doing street hits to being the local affiliate producer for a major morning show what? here in the Southeast, at least. 
I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Rick and Bubba. I was the affiliate producer for them. And from there, I went to doing, I was in the production department, started reading, writing, recording commercials and so on. But it all started on a dare. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So there's no (laughs) formal training in that. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think interning is completely a valid way to learn skills. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I am a little jealous of young people these days because, you know, they have the opportunity now. There are a lot of companies, a lot of podcasts who would love to have an intern, somebody that they can teach the skills to to do the job for free or for like a really low wage, Mm. you know, because it is. I mean, there's just so much to learn and it's not really being taught anywhere. Podcasts. I agree with you. I I wish that all the YouTube videos and all the teachings and courses that are online now were available back in the day. And I say back in the day, even when I was in radio, because, you know, being an employee, a co-worker at this particular company, any company in radio broadcasting, it's cutthroat. Okay. (laughs) And this knowledge is free. Okay. But those certain people aren't willing to share the knowledge because they're afraid you're going to step on their neck and boast yourself up and so much of it was withheld it doesn't matter how much experience or training you have or how long you've been in the company if you're not the right person or what they're looking for then you you're not going to get any further than your basic part-time board so did you experience that in in your time in radio yes okay yes i did but because i loved it so much i stayed always hoping more would come out of it. And eventually I just got tired of it. And that's when I decided I'm going to do this on my own. <laughs> and thus Ironed Out Media was born. Which I think is another really great thing about podcasting because especially podcast editors, because they are very free with their information. So one mm-hmm. of the places oh, yes. I have learned a lot is from the Podcast Editors Club and also now Just Busters. I learn a lot from our female editor community, which you are a part of, Heather. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes, yes, I am. So shout out to Just Busters. Just because everybody really is so free and generous with their information. So that is one definite place you can start in those Facebook groups to really ask questions, no matter how stupid you may think they are. Somebody's going to answer them or give you a resource, or maybe you'll find out that they want to know the answer to the question as well, right? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. somebody posts one question and then a whole bunch of people chime in like, oh yeah, I've been wondering about this too, but they were just- Yeah, it's almost- yeah. It's almost foreign to me how kind and generous everyone is in their knowledge. It's person A is going to ask a question. Person B will answer it perfectly. Person C will piggyback off of B. And B person B is going to learn something they didn't know because of person C contributing to the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that domino effect. And as toxic as Facebook can be, I think Facebook groups can be super valuable. So oh, one, yes. the fact that so there are like generic podcast groups but how niche they can get. Because Brian runs one for people that use Hindenburg. I have a group for people that use Reaper. Carrie has a group for female editors. So if you have a specific question, there's probably a community just for that topic. Right. And I'm using Adobe Audition 1.5. So it's like right after Cool Edit Pro became Adobe Audition. Oh, it's too bad Jennifer's not here because she knows all about Cool Edit Pro. (laughs) So I was editing my first two-person episode. Actually, no, it wasn't my first. I was just 
tired of trying to line everything up, to be honest with you, in in Adobe Audition. I don't I don't know if it's even it has the capability to lock your tracks in place. And I went into the podcast editors club looking for some help and I was referred to Hindenburg and I think was it Brian? Did you do something with Steve? I did a walkthrough probably two years ago. Year and a half ago. I feel like I Didn't watched you that do video. that more recently. Or did he just replay it? I swear. I, I did something with Chris Curran where we just went through high I'm, level yeah, work. Yeah, Chris. Workflow. I called him Steve. Yeah, okay, Chris. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the I'm so sorry. No, that's him. That's him. That that's the one. And and when I learned that you could just lock it in place and then if you wanted to cut a breath out from or something from both tracks, you could do it and it would line right back. Yeah, up. I mean that that has saved my bacon so many times. <laughs> I just can't So speaking of Hindenburg, if you do want to learn more about Hindenburg. Brian has a course, really great course. Be sure to check that out. And also, at the time of this recording, this coming Sunday, if tech issues have been an issue in the past, Steve is going to be doing Steve Stewart of the Podcast Editors Club and Podcast Editor Academy is going to be doing a demonstration with Jenny Rins Dotrup. Mm-hmm. I always mess up her last Sotrup. name. Dotrup. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that'd be August 10th, 2020. So. If you're listening to the audio version of this, you can probably watch the replay. I think he keeps them up seven days. Yes, yeah. seven days. So from the 10th to the 17th. And then if you're part of the Academy, it'll be available there. So, Heather, I kind of got ahead of the thing. So we're here to help you. So what <laughs> struggles do you have? What can we help you with? Okay, so going back and, and touching again on the topic of imposter syndrome, I just, I wonder where I could be or what I could have done had I not allowed myself to hold me back. And another thing is being introverted, okay? I wonder how my extrovert and ambivert counterparts are able to hook clients, so to speak, because I feel like you need to be a little bit more social than what I feel myself to be when it comes to getting clients. I, I, I totally get that. <laughs> I can. I think that's a misconception, which, like, uh, fellow introvert right here, like, there are the yeah. <laughs> Although I'm probably an ambivert. I mean, because yeah. I have my moments. I am 100 percent an introvert. I remember getting like such anxiety whenever I would like get on a call with a client, and I'd be so grateful whenever they would cancel it because then I wouldn't have to go through with it. <laughs> Like for an introvert, there's nothing better than canceled plans. But I think with anything, it's a skill. So we can go into like specifics. So like one thing I do with my clients in order to foster a better relationship is I do quarterly calls. So, every, so four times a year, we'll hop on a call, a video chat. We talk about any questions they have, ways to improve the show. And the big thing is just so that I'm not that ghost on the other side of the email. I found myself just being you know, not wanting that kind of face-to-face contact and just relying on a few emails here and there and just doing mm-hmm. my job and just being done with it. But I wanted to be a little more involved and just kind of be more build more of a relationship with the clients. That's why I started doing these video chats. And I think it's just like a learned skill. The more you do it, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about when you first started, Daniel, when you first started mm-hmm. to get clients? How much did you put yourself out there so they could find you? 
I don't know that or I even do you? that now, honestly. Right. Because that's Put myself out there. That that's not, OK. So this is something that I have done. And I think, you know, obviously I'm still in business. So, you know, so, somewhat successfully. Five years ago, I would never have done this. Like you would have never seen me on camera at all. You mm-hmm. would. Yeah, I, I would. You wouldn't. I wouldn't even let people take pictures of me. Like I did not want mm-hmm. any kind of public recognition at all. Face for radio. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> um, you know, and I'm, I'm certainly, you know, not a beauty queen. And, and a voice for silent film. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I realized that if I wanted to be successful, because this podcast editing business is not my first business. I've got hmm. like two failed well, one failed side hustle and one failed attempt at making a business. But I didn't like charge anybody for anything, so you can't like actually call that. <laughs> anyway, that aside, being like stepping out in kind of the public eye was terrifying. And that's why I got into podcasting. One of the reasons is because you only need to hear my voice and I can talk, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to see me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, social media is a thing. Like all of a sudden I realized that I needed – if I was going to connect with people, they would actually have to see me sometimes. Yeah. And it just was a slow progression of like taking a picture of myself and posting a picture of myself. Like it, those were two different processes, right? And then just continually practicing and practicing and practicing until I am here today where I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do like a TikTok video because that's fun, right? I developed, I guess, a a certain comfort level with it. The great thing is that I can control it, you know, because, you know, we're not face to face. So I can control this interaction with me, you know, a lot. Like I have my background, you know, my new background behind me with my fairy lights. I know anybody listening can't see. I love that, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I got it, you know, set it up just to have it a little bit nicer. But again, it's like controlling that environment. So it, it is that. I don't have to do it when I don't feel like doing it. And I never put that pressure on myself. But it really was years of practice to be able to put myself out there. And I'm I'm really glad I did it because now I have a lot of fun and I get to meet a lot of people. And then if I don't want to, I don't. Like I can go hide mm-hmm. and watch Netflix, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it literally started with that one action, that one picture every once in a while. And that became more... And more and more until I got comfortable. And now I can look at a picture of myself and be like, oh, I'm so cute, right? <laughs> oh, that's, that's <laughs> nice. good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, well, it took a long time to get there. So oh, I don't. I'm proud of you. That that was one of the things also that made me not want to do this tonight is just having this visual mm-hmm. interaction. And that's really and truly then everything just followed. You know, what are you going to talk about? No one's going to listen to you. It's going to be so boring. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that has helped me over the years ties into what William put in the chat. He said that Heather needs a partner. She gets nervous around strangers, but comes out of her shell with when she's with friends or something like that. <laughs> I, I'm struggling a little bit to read because my mind is going a zillion miles an hour because that speaks to me as well. Because part of the reason I'm comfortable doing this on video and putting this show together and talking to other podcast editors is because I have the three of you here to also Mm. kind of put this together. And so there's a little bit of safety in numbers. And also there's the public commitment to 
the the three of you to show up and be willing to do this. So I sort of have to. So I sort of forced myself into it. Yeah, finding a buddy and then challenging mm-hmm. challenging each other to do things. I know that like my first public speaking gig where I had to like stand up in front of strangers and talk was the hardest thing I'd ever done. But after that, I was like, okay, now, now I can, I know I can do this. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm terrified to do a lot of things. And like, I just, I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to be terrified for like five seconds and then I'm not going to think about it anymore. And I'm going to go on autopilot and do it. And then I, then I cringe afterwards, of course, because you know, it's so embarrassing. (laughs) So I have two pieces of advice to kind of wrap this up, unless we have more to talk about. As far as getting a partner, brilliant idea. Because like I said before, like I struggle with anxiety of hopping on a call. So what I started doing is my wife is much more personable. So Mm -hmm. she is on every call I do. So whenever we do a news, like a a discovery call with a potential client or the quarterly calls, she's on the call to kind of facilitate the conversation. Because whenever I get excited about a subject, I'll start talking really fast and I don't yes. put my work, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So she, <laughs> that's, she, that's me. <laughs> so she can be there to kind of like keep me on pace. And I have a standing desk. So like we'll stand next to each other and she'll tap me if she wants to like to speak next. So like if the client is talking, she'll tap me and that tells me like, don't say anything. My wife is going to take over. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know if that's a possibility for you or for others, but having a partner in the business to kind of assist with this. And the other thing is really awkward and uncomfortable is actually role-playing. Yeah. I used to work in sales and every week we'd have like a weekly meeting and then we'd break out and we would role-play and we would just, salesmen would pair up and they would go back and forth. One person would pretend to be the customer while one would be the salesman. And then you just kind of practice that. And it's the hardest thing and the most uncomfortable thing you can possibly do. But <laughs> going through the different situations, so one thing when I was on call, calls with clients is something they'd ask me a question that I wasn't prepared for. And mm-hmm. then I would freeze or I would agree to something I didn't want to agree to or I give <laughs> I've out been too doing much that lately. free. Yes. <laughs> that that is, having, oh, uh, we could have a whole conversation about that. Like that is a <laughs> future episode. Don't give away yeah. too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And maybe that's something we can facilitate within the podcast. The mastermind, the mastermind role, group role plays is to role play. do role plays. Mm-hmm. It is really uncomfortable, but if you're, you have to trust the person you're with because, and you know, it's going to be private, you know, friend or somebody who understands the business to just kind of like work that out with you. I could see where it would be beneficial. Thinking of role playing just gives it's, me yeah, stress. Oh, Tell oh. me all over again. <laughs> To be honest, yeah. but I could see where it would be a useful tool. And if you can work through that anxiety in a safe space, then whenever you are in the real thing, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even well, thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, even if we, I mean, if we could arrange something like just private Zoom meetings yeah. for people, where really, because I think if you have a good partner to make you feel comfortable, then you can can really start to get into that role play uh, Mm -hmm. thing because I, and I actually offered this to a girlfriend who was having a problem closing sales. And I was like, well, let's jump on a call and see what you're telling people and how you like end the conversation. So yeah, I'd be totally, I think that would be fun. I will play the client. Or even do both ways. Right. 
Yeah. Because sometimes. Well, I don't want thing, any clients. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But sometimes it's beneficial for if you're trying to learn to be the client and see how somebody else does it to get an idea. And then you can kind of copy that. So I told you guys earlier, I'm kind of a processor when it comes to asking questions. Mm-hmm. This, is touching, <laughs> <laughs> this is touching back to the editing for podcasts, uh, episodes. Do you think it's important to have those plugins and all those different filters and whatnot? Or is it just mostly important getting the long silences out, the, the, the plosives, the crutch words out? What do you think is most important? I think you'll get a different answer based on what people use. If somebody has all the plugins and they know how to use them, they'll say you mm-hmm. absolutely need to. But I think it all depends. So we had Chris Curran uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's been in audio engineering for over a decade. So he knows what he's doing. But the difference is, he also can cater to a different clientele where he can charge hundreds of dollars per episode. Not every client is going to need that. So like the, the clients I work with, they are not trained professionals. Like they don't need to have like pristine audio. They, they do need a certain degree of quality that I also strive for. Um, I don't think that it's absolutely, you, you don't need anything fancy as long as the end, I, I th- so there's always a conversation between being the best you can and being good enough. And I think like the answer lies somewhere in there. Like, you, yeah, plosives, obvious distractions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But do you need to like fine tune the EQ and like really like nail down like every aspect of it? For me, I don't think so. I don't do that. Well, and I've managed. Talking, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're fine. Ta- that's that's just something that that bothers me a lot mm-hmm. with. Equalizers, equalizing. I, I don't know much about it, and I just hear mm-hmm. so many other other editors talk about it. You know, I did this, I did that. This is better than doing it yourself. Is better than than Alphonic. And I'm just worried. Am I doing something wrong? Am I doing not doing something I should be doing? Should I stop trying to find clients and just learn more? You know, no. focus more on <laughs> equalizing. Focus more on learning how to do use the plugins, and often. Because of the imposter syndrome, I just want to stop operations and just take every course that's out there. You know, Hindenburg, all of, <laughs> uh, I can't even name all of them. I mean, there's there's so many and so much on YouTube. I, should I stop and just even go to school for it? That's how strong this yeah. syndrome can be, I think. So if you're listening, you won't see this, but me, Carrie, and Brian are all shaking our head no. Yes. <laughs> Do not stop what you're doing. I, if people are paying for what you're doing now. Yeah, let them keep paying. And ultimately, your job is just to make it sound good and make and whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for you is perfectly okay. Like I work with a lot of editors who don't use any plugins at all. So we're just learning the native effects in Adobe Audition. And you know what? It works just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. so whenever you edit something, do you have someone out of the business listen to something? 
Sometimes no. I let my to husband to see if they can tell a difference. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I do this with my husband my, my all wife. the time, but he can't hear the entire frequency range. <laughs> so a lot of times he just can't <laughs> tell the difference. Mm. So, but yes, because you know I don't always trust my own ear, and I think that especially if I've been like listening to the same thing like five hundred times. I mean, well, you get yeah, that fatigue. That's something I struggle with. It's just trying to. I'm I'm editing, and I know I feel like this sounds better. Can you listen to this? And they're like. Well, this doesn't sound any different than the original. And I'm like, what? No, mm -hmm. you can see it in the waves. Right. It's different. <laughs> so it's just like, am I doing something wrong or is it just their ear? Like, what's going you on? You have a much cr more critical yeah. ear. It's, it's yeah. like it's having a, sh a chef taste your food versus just a regular old eater. Me. Yeah. That mm -hmm. doesn't sound right. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that what I would say is that if people are paying for what you're doing, the way that I've seen the most growth in my life is when I face a challenge and the results are pretty public, right? So I could sign up for all the courses in the world, but I won't actually get better until I do the work in a way that failure is obvious. And so my encouragement would be to keep doing what you're doing. And then as you identify gaps you want to fill, go look at those. Well, you just mentioned something about if you're getting paid and it's being put out there, keep doing what you're doing. But I don't have that client. I don't have clients yet. I'm still editing for free there, to put it in my portfolio. Oh no, stop. And I'm no, not getting the feedback. There's still clients. I, no, no, I've stopped. I've, I've okay. stopped because I'm not getting the feedback that I requested. Because mm. he's a free Podcasters are busy. Okay, let me put it this way. If there was something wrong with it, you would get that feedback. Mm -hmm. okay. Like they would definitely okay. tell you if there was a problem, if they weren't happy with the work. You would yeah. definitely okay. get the feedback because people right. are more apt to share something negative than positive. Yeah. Yes. If they're That's happy with it, true. you've just made their life easier. They've moved on to the next thing. So, okay. Yeah. No news is good news. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, if you don't hear, if you don't get feedback, that's a positive thing. Yeah. And I will say, if you have somebody listen to it, like, that's not. I do that with my wife. Like, I'll be, I'll spend 20 minutes on like this two second thing trying to, like, yes. I hear it. And then yes. I have her listen to it and she's like, is there, it's like going to the eye doctor, A or B. It's the same thing. So I take that as validation that I'm, I'm putting my energy into something that's not going to pay off. Is mm. the average listener going to notice it? <laughs> if not, like, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to spend my time on it. If, if you're editing a show about, if you're editing Chris Curran's show about podcast engineer or audio engineering, then yeah, you're going to need to like put in that effort because his listeners are going to tell. Yeah. But mm -hmm. for the average podcaster, people aren't going to hear that. And I think we had a question in the chat. We, we did. And we'll go to that in just a second. One thing I okay. wanted to just kind of jump in on is you edited our show. This is four tracks, all recorded in different locations on different microphones. That was the first time I'd ever edited that many tracks at once, by the way. No, but but you did it like... Yeah. When I did it, it was the first time I had done four tracks as well, because I usually tap out at three. So just I wanted to throw that out there. John had a question for us in the chat. He said the only things he ever does to his episodes are normalize and noise reduction. His question is, should he be doing more? If that's working, perfect. Keep going. Yeah. The only thing I think the next thing that I would suggest, and I think going back to like Brian's point is always keep learning. So like if you hear people talking about something, just like start watching YouTube videos on how to do that. And just like build your arsenal bit by bit. So don't worry about trying to become the, you know a great audio engineer right now. Just learn one new thing next. 
So what do you what do you do if you don't have episodes to edit? Should I just record my own episodes? Should I just mm-hmm. talk and just clean that up? Yeah. 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 Or a great time to start, start a, podcast. a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Heather's Heather's journey to becoming it, exactly a, a podcast editor. <laughs> All right. You might not get the downloads, but that's not the point of it. Yeah. Right. And, and right. I think right. that speaks to the role playing because William also commented that when you were on the radio, would role you would role play. You could also <laughs> think of this as being a version of role playing. You're in the practice room, but yeah. again, mm-hmm. you, you got to hit publish and it's not, you're not hitting publish to find out if people like your content, you're hitting publish to force yourself to do the best you can right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that being, putting those two together, role playing I didn't when editing audio. That's the same. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, what's great I about, like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what's great about these masterminds. It's like you get these epiphanies. So back to John's question, normalizing noise reduction. I think those are great places to start. I would suggest the next thing would probably be compression. No, I would start with Person. EQ. No? A compression. EQ, it really? Takes, yes. See, EQ, there it is. <laughs> Wait, okay. So I say this because compression is such a big, I mean, you could spend years. I mean, you could write a thesis on compression and still have people disagree with you. It's such a big topic that I would start a little bit smaller. And EQ is a great place to do that. Especially because you can solve a lot of problems with EQ that -hmm. you can't solve with compression necessarily. So EQ becomes extremely useful. Whereas compression, you really can get away with not having it. And you can certainly run something through a phonic and be Mm -hmm. fine. Like, you know, there's a way around compression, but I think like EQ is a valuable tool. And also for you, for Heather, you know, you have a bit of a secret weapon with Hindenburg because it has that generic voice profiler. Yes. And if nothing else, that's a really good tool, even if you don't like what it does to the voices. Like if you don't like the EQ curves that they've chosen, it helps Mm -hmm. you understand what it's seeing. And then it helps you hear the gap and identify because my experience has been that the hardest part of EQ isn't figuring out that you can raise and lower frequencies. It's nailing the ones you want to hit to make it sound the way you want it to sound. So Brian, when is your EQ course coming out? Oh, I I don't have an EQ course, man. That's that's a master class. Same as the compression oh, thing. Yeah, no. I think I was gonna ask Santa for well, it. Well, I think that's gonna be my next, probably my next course coming up is EQ. So Brian, if you want to do it together, we can do it together. Yeah. And this is when I call Carrie and ask her if I did it right. Right. No, no, no. Uh so William is a uh, he's he's a friend. So the comment is get Dusty to talk about Mass Effect or Destiny. You'll have hours to edit, and that could be a thing. Just get your just right. You know, we we always like joke about you know two drunk guys with a blue Yeti, talk, you know, kind of shooting the breeze. But hey, that could be a way to ed- get started <laughs> editing. Mm-hmm. Maybe get something a little bit better quality because that'd be really awful. Maybe I need something really bad <laughs> to make it sound really good. Right? Well, really, all we do is problem solve. <laughs> I mean, you know, because we get such mm. crazy, <laughs> such crazy situations in podcasting. So. So Ishmael has a really funny comment that yeah. actually has a good point. Me at the beginning. Ha ha ha. I don't have imposter syndrome. Me right now. I need to sell my kidney and pay Chris Kearns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yes. arrogance that you don't know what you're doing versus the once you know a little bit, realizing how much you don't know. <laughs> And that's that. That was me when I came in, in into podcast editing. Oh, I know how to do yeah. radio edits. I'm good. I get into podcast <laughs> editing. I'm like, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing. 
It's just so, it's just different. It's so different. Yeah, Back to the variables. None of us <laughs> knew what we were doing. And some of us still no. don't know what we're doing. Yeah. We're just all figuring it out together. And that's why I think that we're all so willing to share is because yeah. this is unlike anything no. else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, music people don't have to get something recorded in somebody's garage right. with the, you know, neighbors mowing the lawn and the cats meowing and the dogs barking and the birds tweet. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, we're just <laughs> yeah. all, we're all making it work together. Right. And I, I guess yeah. I would also say that, you know, if you're thinking mm-hmm. about imposter syndrome, courses are great for not for skills building, but that doesn't mean that you won't still face imposter syndrome. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I did pay Chris Curran and I did go through his course and I think I did a pretty good job. But I still, sometimes I send off an edit and I'm going, I wonder if this is the one where they're going to realize I'm a fraud. Mm-hmm. Right. And this yes. is what, three or four years into getting paid to do this stuff? So, I mean, it still happens. <laughs> you just got to mm-hmm. face it down. Yeah. You know, like, just piggyback on what Brian said is that I still, like, every day, every week, I feel like somebody's going to find out that I'm no mm-hmm. good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. Because yeah. even being a community leader in Justbusters, our female podcast editors, woot, woot. There's so many amazing women who do way more amazing stuff than I do. Like, and they have mm-hmm. credentials and skills and all these things. And they're, I'm like, why are you listening to me? <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it just, I think imposter syndrome really does mean that you, you care very deeply about doing a good job. Yeah. So that's a nice way to put that. I, yeah, I mean, just, I would share that. One of the things I, I actually edit for a guy who is an audio engineer. I do a show that he's not able to edit for time's sake. And I get good feedback from him that I'm doing a good job, which is really encouraging. That doesn't mean that all of my other clients, I still don't think this is going to be the one where they figure out I'm a fraud, right? But I think that speaks to one of the questions you had had before. What could I have done if I don't hold my, it didn't hold myself back? And I mm-hmm. think of it in the reverse. If I had decided I wasn't good enough to go forward, what wouldn't I have accomplished already? And then what could be more? And I'm wondering, like, do you have any perspective for you, Heather, on what you think you might have been able to accomplish if you hadn't let this hold you back? Well, I had a um, a podcast, actually, and I got pod fade because of imposter syndrome. Okay. Who's going to listen? Is my editing up to par? And I only did I did three episodes and one of the episodes I did an interview on Zoom and it just, I I attacked myself, so to say, and I just, I probably could still have the podcast had I not listened to myself and just continued to, to record and do interviews and and edit and put it out on time. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have a pretty good podcast right now. And that that was just me holding myself back. So in a year from now, what do you think you can accomplish? If you start a podcast next week. I, I, I'm working on a podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> for, Iron, for Ironed Out Media. Okay. Um, and it's basically a podcast about podcasting. Well, no. Yeah, it's a podcast about podcasting. You know, how, mm-hmm. how to start the podcast. And I feel like I have some different topics within that that aren't normally touched on 
And I have listened to quite a few podcasts about podcasting. And I just, I don't want to spill the veins about what it is right now because I'm really excited about it. But I really hate editing my editing myself. I'm going to be honest with you. But I feel like this is some good content. It's only going to mm-hmm. be, it's just going to be a handful of episodes, five or six, just a little mini series. But Every day I'm attacking myself. Nobody's going to listen. This is not new information. Why are you doing this? Don't waste your time. But in a year, a year from now, I'm hoping to have that out. I'm hoping okay. to have three or four clients for the month and just grow on that. I'm not trying to be big. I'm not trying to explode. I am just trying to be creative with my passion. I'm very passionate about this. I mean, like I said earlier, I was in radio even after so many years not even getting ahead from where I was as a part-time board op if that answers your question mm-hmm. and I think- it's just a question for the answer for yourself yeah mm-hmm. just kind of like I mean it's kind of hokey but like the manifesting and just kind of like seeing yourself like one thing that's really encouraging for me is where do I want to be like I want to be self-employed run my own business setting my own hours so mm-hmm. you know you kind of make that happen it's just like do I one thing kind of vision is like being a big or a known name in podcasting. So just kind of like manifesting that, just kind of imagining it, getting excited about that possibility. Cause then that's mm-hmm. more exciting to do some other endeavor, like yeah. trying right. to come up with a course. So <laughs> something that you said, cause you've re- referenced it probably two or three times is really kind of stuck out to me. And it's the idea of fighting with yourself and I'm not getting the words exactly right, but it was a really poignant way that you put it where you're basically cutting yourself down. That's, that's, that's it. That that's part of the imposter syndrome. Right. I'm, I'm attacking myself. That's, that was it. Attacking yourself. One of the the things that I've tried to do is I think if I heard somebody talking to my son or my daughter, the way I'm talking to myself right now, what would I do to that person? And it would probably be something that I would have to have a, a conversation about later, possibly with people in police uniforms, but I do it to myself, right? All the time. And that to me has been a real challenge to stop doing that <laughs> because that's the reality, right? No, nobody wow. is meaner to me than I am myself. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. nobody else is as good at knowing what I'm afraid of as I am. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's just one of the things that I'm working on. And I thought because of the language that you used, it might be valuable for you. It is. I'm, I did everything I could to choke back this frog <laughs> in my throat and not let the tears Aww. fall down. I'm like, oh, you're so. Yeah, and that's—I <laughs> mean, I've got two little boys myself, and I—if I heard anyone talking to them like that, Mama Bear's coming out. You better watch out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that has helped me is, like, my son is going to pick up. He's going to kind of treat himself the way he sees his parents. Mm-hmm. You know, treat ourselves and each other, right? So I am. I always like I'll say it I'm because I'm a talker and I'll say something out loud that's negative to myself and so I will make sure because he will pick up on it that I can follow it with something positive. And it's just having that awareness when you have those thoughts and and training yourself and practice cuz this is all a practice like dealing with imposter syndrome. It is a practice, mm-hmm. something you have to work out mm-hmm. every day. I think. And that's the only way I've been able to get over it is to just when I say something negative to myself in my head and to stop and give myself the grace and space, if you will, to be like, wait a second. All right, but you're good at this or, you know, 
you know, what if people won't listen to me or nobody is going to listen to me? Well, will, you know, does it matter? Like you have a voice and you should use it essentially. So just kind of like reframing things and, and putting that, following something negative up with something positive and, Lord knows mm. I've edited enough self-help podcasts to know that has something to do with rewiring your neurons. <laughs> so. <Yes. laughs> I had a lot of. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it's also a change in language you use. So, instead of saying, like, I'm awful at editing, you know, I'm not the best editor and that's okay. And just kind of like tempering your phrases and slowly just kind of becoming more positive because you can't just like flip a switch and get rid of your imposter syndrome and start being nicer to yourself is like Carrie said, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start to get, as you start to get clients and make sales and get, get that feedback where somebody's like, thank you so much. You have made my life easier. Then it becomes a little bit easier to start to believe more positive things about yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it really, it's a process. It really is. Like, again, Mm -hmm. I six years ago would not have done anything like this. Right. And now I'm like, oh, come on, I'm going to make a TikTok video. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ooh, Reels is on Instagram, right? That's a new. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, let's try this out. Let's push these buttons. So that's because also you, you know, it's not fun when you're negative and, Mm. you know, got to have, it's got to be fun, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's got to be fun. I would also say find a find other people and create a mastermind. I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that has helped me deal with imposter syndrome is having three other people that we, I can talk to talk about how they mess up and realize Mm -hmm. that that's okay. Mistakes happen. We can move on from it and getting that encouragement to try things or to learn, or like there'll be times like I have a problem with audio. I'm like, Hey, can you guys listen to this? Tell me what you think and then get feedback to help me be better. And then also kind of hold you accountable. So if you want to start a podcast, getting people that will be like, okay, well, what's the next step? And just kind of like helping you stay on track and then also helping you be nicer to yourself yes. and right. giving you the feedback that you need. So maybe like, do you need feedback on editing? Maybe another, a small group of people can give you that feedback. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah. And actually, maybe in Just Busters, we can like, you know, mm-hmm. do a little sign up sheet to like, if you want to do a mastermind. That's a good yeah. idea, too. <laughs> I, know. I like that one yeah. better. Yeah. Well, that way you can like pair up with other women who, you know, mm-hmm. to learn from and just to have that connection because everybody's really amazing, I think. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So anybody listening or watching, if you're not part of the podcast editors mastermind group, join. And just like make a post, see who's interested. This mastermind started out of Podcast Editors Club. I just mentioned that I would want to start a mastermind. And Carrie, Jennifer, and Brian all said, hey, I do too. And that's how this started. So just like throw it out there because people want to do this, and but you just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know how to right. do it. Just start meeting weekly and to kind of see where it goes. Yeah. And it, it literally, like, we don't do a like really formal structure. It's whatever mm-hmm. anybody needs to talk about. We And even if it's sometimes we're not, we're just hanging out for an hour and then just mm-hmm. through, just, yeah. you know, we're shopping, we're talking about different kind of news. <laughs> yeah, this has been really, really comfortable. Okay. Yeah. With the lack of 
this is going to sound bad, but the lack of st- structure, I just, it does feel like you're just hanging out talking mm-hmm. with friends. So and thank you. This, oh, you're mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. This but really that's... isn't that far off from what we normally do either. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> right? not. Yeah. We, just, we just don't talk about the private stuff publicly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's an agreement. I mean, there's nothing like, there's just like a known agreement. Anything mentioned in the mass mind, we don't talk about. We don't tell our, yes. tell anybody outside the group where the bodies are buried. Exactly. <laughs> or what you have planned. Never. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it's just like, I think, because probably we're processors too. So sometimes we just need to just like shoot the breeze and stream of consciousness. And then all of a sudden a problem will come out. Right. <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk about it and, and kind of help each other, like help who, whomever asks through it. But totally chill and just doing what works kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, Heather, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for this. Um, I want to say amazing topic, but it's something that I think a lot of people deal with. And it's something that's really hard to deal with. So being able to have mm-hmm. a public space that we can all kind of commiserate and problem solve, I think, has been. It's been really useful and very valuable. I think on the next episode, we have Gordon Firemark lined up. I think that's um, the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's right on. Yeah. Yep. So, if you have any legal questions, be sure to post that in the group and we can bring it up on the next episode. If you want to be on the show, Carrie, how do people do that? So, you would go to podcast editors mastermind.com in the uh, menu bar. You would click on be a guest, fill out the little form, tell us if you want to edit an episode or not, because we would appreciate that if you did. But don't worry about it if you don't want to. And hit the submit button, and ta da, we will contact you and get you hooked up. Mm-hmm. That how you get and please have a topic. It makes it easier to figure out what we want to talk about. And if you don't, I mean, that's fine, too. I didn't have a topic, but these fine people helped out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want to be on the show. I'm, I don't know what to I'm talk about. i just like, come on, on, hang out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it helps to have a topic. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yes, For and, sure. And if, and if there's anything you struggle with, you know, we're happy to sit and talk about it. From mm-hmm. One thing I think would be cool to do is just kind of workshop somebody's website. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Let's, idea. We don't need to start that now because. <laughs> no, no, listen, Heather, I saw your website My- and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> when did you look at it? I looked at it? it today and then I was like, because it looks oh. different than I remember. Yes, yes, yes. But it actually yes, looks, yes. It, you know, there's some things on it. And I was like, I think I need to steal that. <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm glad. Yay. I've been working on it so hard the past week and a half, two weeks, maybe. I'm just really trying to do an overhaul. The next thing is going to be my logo. I'm not 100% happy with it, but I'm really trying to work on my branding right now. I understand that's important from listening to Brittany Felix's last episode. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure it out, you know, what colors work best. It's not that I'm trying to attract a certain client or push away a certain client, just what looks nice and inviting, you know, trying to work on that layout for the website, look at the font and this, that, and the other. So I've really been working on it. So your feedback means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I, you know. And Heather, if people want to see the hard work you've put into your website, where can they go? (laughs) Ironedoutmedia.com. Nice segue. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. 
I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. And I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, um, so how much is that? Um, 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 um